Hey, and welcome to the Athletic Business Podcast. I'm Jason Scott. And I'm Andy Berg. Today on the show, we're talking about all the news surrounding California's new law to allow student athletes to earn money for their name, image, and likeness. That's right. And we're going to be talking about the Fair Pay to Play Act, but we'll be going deeper than just the news and discussing potential impacts, unintended consequences, uh, as well as some legal arguments taking shape on both sides of the issue. Stick around. It's going to be a fun conversation, and we'll get into it right after this quick break. Athletic Business Magazine is a trade publication that 40,000 athletics, fitness, and recreation professionals rely on to find the tips, trends, and products they need to be successful. Want to join? Head on over to athleticbusiness.com slash subscribe to get started or renew your free subscription. Welcome back to the show. So things with the so-called pay-to-play legislation are happening really quickly after California became the first state in the country to pass a law to allow players to make money from endorsements when it goes into effect in 2023. Yeah, so we wanted to just break the issue down and give listeners who may not be following this closely um, sort of look at uh, the lay of the land. That's right, and I guess a good place for us to start, Andy, is um, just kind of discussing what the legislation is going to do. Right. Uh, essentially what it's, it's going to do is uh, make it illegal, uh, a violation of state law for colleges or the NCAA uh, to um, to hold uh, to, to with like withhold eligibility or to punish student athletes for pursuing um, endorsement deals for their name image and likeness uh, they can so they can hire agents for this they can pursue um, deals with local businesses car dealerships uh, you know they can go after national brands like uh, apparel brands that sort of thing. Um, and they can do all of this without fear of uh, running afoul of the NCAA. Right. Um, one of those really high-profile issues um, ever since Governor Gavin Newsom in California signed uh, that law into effect, which won't take effect until 2023. Yeah. Nevertheless, a very layered issue with lots of complexity, as we're finding out every day. That's right, yeah. And so... Um, I guess uh, one, of, one of the things that we wanted to talk about um, was the issue of uh, kind of a domino effect. So yeah. now that you've got uh, California kind of opening the floodgates and now there are states all around the country, you've got uh, New York, you've got Florida, South Carolina, Illinois, Nevada, Pennsylvania, legislators from all of those states have come forward to say that uh, they're considering um, legislation that's kind of similar mm -hmm. um, but what's a uh, really interesting wrinkle to this whole thing is that as these laws get passed on a state-by-state -state level they're also free to kind of tweak the law um, as they see fit sure. obviously you know each state is uh, an autonomous entity and uh, each legislature legislature can do whatever they want so yeah. uh, the New York version of the law may not necessarily match the California version uh, and that creates a whole set of new issues, um, right. especially as they're trying to regulate a national governing body sure. like the NCAA. Yep. And, and I, I liken it a little bit to the what's happening with marijuana in the United States, where mm -hmm. you have all the states setting their own laws, 
pertaining to that drug, yet you have complications when people say buy it in Colorado and take it across the border to Nebraska. So um, same thing here. We have AD Barry Alvarez at the University of Wisconsin saying he won't be inviting California teams to Wisconsin um, because of the law and right. because it's a, it creates all kinds of strangeness in terms of amateurs playing professionals. Granted, that's not the real issue, but it it does it does create a interesting conundrum. That's right. Um, and so one of, that's I think where uh, federal legislation comes in. Right. Um, so there are a couple of um, federal representatives uh, who are discussing uh, similar legislation on that level. Um, and you know that would that would solve that issue of you know federalism, um, right. but obviously I don't think that would sit too well with the NCAA because right. no entity um, that's independent and autonomous likes to be regulated. Sure, uh, and that's essentially what any uh, legislation will do at this point. Um, so what the NCAA has going on um, for uh, right now. They are. They have a NCAA working group that is co-chaired by Gene Smith. He's the athletic director at Ohio State. Uh, you've got Val Ackerman, who's the commissioner of the Big East, and they are uh, taking a look at this issue of name, image, and likeness legislation, and they're going to be presenting their findings to the NCAA Board of Governors coming up later this month. Mm -hmm. So what will be interesting to see is what exactly it is that they're going to present. Are they going to say, like, you know, this is not something that uh, we're willing to pursue at all. Or what I think might be more likely is they're going to give a little bit. Um, right. Because public opinion, I think, is um, kind of on the side of the student-athletes making sure. money at this point. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think you're seeing so many elected representatives around the country um, taking a stand on this, um, because it's certainly not the colleges themselves, athletic directors, and definitely not the NCAA. Right. And... I, I think you're right. I think the NCAA is going to have to move on this in in some meaningful way, mm -hmm. um, and I and I kind of get the feeling that California's law was meant to sort of force the issue. That's when right. you have an enacting date of 2023, mm -hmm. and then you see all these other states following suit, I feel like that was the intention, not That's necessarily right. for California to make this unilateral move and you know, have its players be the only ones who can do this. It was more to force the issue into the in the limelight, which it clearly has. That's right, yeah. And uh, I, I think that's uh, you're absolutely correct on that. Um, the, the legislation, I think, is uh, intended to kind of force the NCAA's hand because I think, you know, people understand this on an intuitive level. Like, they see um, these, these college coaches who are often, I, I think, in every state in the country, they're the highest paid public employee is a, is a college coach or athletic director. Yep. Um, they see these, uh, that, these massive TV contracts. They understand that every year the NCAA basketball tournament, events like the college football playoff generate billions and billions of dollars, and yet yep. the players who are actually participating in the activity that's generating all this interest, all this revenue... They're not seeing a dime of that actual revenue that they're generating. Right. So obviously there are um, uh, issues, you know, c related to um, cost of attendance, um, and that's something that that's an area where you've seen the NCAA kind of uh, give a little bit more ground in recent years. Um, 
you know, it used to just be the full ride scholarship, but now you're also seeing athletes um, be compensated just to allow them to get stuff like meals and right. uh, yep. actually, you know, attend a college um, kind of on the college's dime. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it's just really interesting, and I think to see um, people understanding and, and intuiting that this is unfair on some yeah, level, right? Um, and it'll, it, now you're seeing this issue come to the fore. Yeah, and I think I think too, it's worth noting that the the NCAA has backed off some from its initial uh, pretty aggressive response. They mm-hmm. uh, almost threatened California by saying that California teams would not be invited to NCAA championships. Mm-hmm. But how do you do that when you have like seven Pac-12 teams in California right. that well, you're going to just cut those out of the championships? Um, but I think they've, they, 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 now they seem to say, be pushing, saying, well, we need a federal legislation or at least something that will go, an NCAA rule that will govern the entire country. That's certainly w- the way that the NCAA would, would prefer to do it. Obviously, they... Um, I think they understand that change is coming uh, in, in this area, um, but they just want to be the ones to control it. Right, yeah. Um, yep. As opposed to having um, legislators, you know, be uh, regulating them in this in this way. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it is interesting. You, you've got, um, you know, bookstores around the country are selling jerseys, but they don't have that, right. that name on the back. Yep. So what this, uh, this legislation would essentially do is just um, allow... Uh, the, the these individuals uh, to get be compensated for um, the interest that they sure. generate, which sounds great, yeah. sounds clear cut. Uh, when we come back, though, we're going to talk about a little bit more about some of the complications um, that are inherent in in this solution to a problem. So we'll be right back. Okay. AB Today is a daily e-newsletter that provides professionals within the athletics, fitness, and recreation industry with relevant, fast-reading nationwide stories. Sign up at athleticbusiness.com slash e-news and enjoy great content from Athletic Business every weekday. And we're back. So, Andy, you uh, you kind of teased us a little bit. So what, what, what did you have in mind <laughs> when you were... Uh... Let me count the ways. Um, <laughs> there are a number of... Uh, let me start by saying that I don't think... That, I think that all parties involved here, the NCAA, athletic directors, coaches, the colleges themselves, all have the interest of the player at heart. Mm-hmm. It's just that there are so many details. There are the devils in the details here. I mean, so what? how do you explain to, say, an athlete scholarship athlete at a D1 or D2 school who's maybe uh, even a star player at a less marketable sport that maybe isn't a revenue generating sport. Right. That, I mean, are they going to get endorsement deals? Are they Mm -hmm. probably not the same as the, you know, star basketball player in a D1 school? Right. Who's cleaning up hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. That's right. So uh, there's one thing is that bring up Title IX complications. Mm -hmm. I mean... So from a Title IX perspective, what I think is really interesting here is that um, the colleges themselves are still providing the same equitable resources. Mm-hmm. So this law, as the, as the if you know if it ever goes into effect, um, would just essentially open these players up to the market. So this mm-hmm. is an external market, and yet um, the colleges themselves are still providing equitable facilities. 
um, full cost of attendance scholarships, right. um, this sort of thing. So the Title IX concerns are interesting um, simply because um, you know, a football player is, you know, the quarterback of the football team is, is going to generate more interest right. from uh, sponsors than is the, you know, track and field sure. pole vaulter, yep. you know. Um, so that that's just going to be an issue that yeah. we're going to have to work out. But, um, you know, d- d- does like if if let's say a college quarterback D1 school looks like he's going pro, he gets a. Hundred and fifty or a hundred one point five million dollar a year endorsement deal. Mm-hmm. Do you split that up? Do you mm-hmm. does he get one million of it and they spread out the rest of it to to his offensive line? <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I think there are going to be uh, a lot of issues that we're going to have to work out as as we kind of move forward here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know the NCAA is probably going to want a role in regulating exactly how how these kinds of endorsement deals can unfold mm-hmm. um but it's it's really interesting to consider um the potential for corruption just because yeah we've you seen know it. we've <laughs> seen it again and again that's right you know uh with that big fbi investigation that uh, was investigating all these different uh big time college basketball programs around the country uh involving you know one of the big apparel manufacturers sure um but what I think this law would do is, interestingly, bring that sort of activity to the fore. Um, yep. So instead of having it be illegal, all done behind closed doors, at least there's some transparency there. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you gotta yeah. take that. You know, I don't, I don't know. But and in and in the same breath, you you have to think. Well, then it is out there. You still have to have oversight. You're going to have to ensure, like. The, the deals that are made, the endorsement deals, the sponsorship, though that's all going to have to be under scrutiny. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if a player signs an endorsement deal with a brand, that needs to, we need to ensure that the school did not arrange that, wasn't arranged ahead of time, it wasn't used as a recruiting tool. Mm-hmm. I mean, which all gets very... <laughs> it gets a little bit dicey. Yeah. It's going it's going to be extremely difficult to actually regulate yeah. in, in a meaningful way, I think. But um, another factor that I wanted to bring up is actually something that uh, came up in a conversation that I had with Greg Clifton. He is a principal with Jackson Lewis, a mm-hmm. law firm, and he is the co-chair of their collegiate and professional sports practice. I talked with Greg for a piece that's going to be coming out in our November-December issue, so be on the lookout for that. But uh, what he uh, brought up that I had not seen discussed before, and I thought this was a really interesting point, was um, how with some of these sponsorship deals, um, essentially colleges have been able to um, secure sponsorship deals um, with various companies for, th- for themselves. And this, these legislation, or this kind of legislation introduces competition from their own student athletes. Right. Um, into, into the mix a little bit. Yeah. So um, that's a really interesting wrinkle to consider. So you're a local car dealer. You've got a sponsorship agreement with your, you know, your local college team or whatever, um, and you're paying the university. Right. Does your marketing budget suddenly grow if you want to get an endorsement from a student athlete, or do you just kind of slice up the pie in different ways, and therefore does the college get a little bit smaller piece sure. of pie? yeah. And, you know, is that maybe part of the reason uh motivating some of the 
opposition that you're seeing from some of the colleges here um, well, because it, the colleges are currently i think it's it's worth saying that they're opposed to this legislation yeah 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 well then to that point do you, does your starting quarterback and your star running back end up competing for sponsorship money from the same companies i uh-huh. mean it just yeah many many details to be considered that's right yeah so it's going to be incredibly interesting to watch this develop uh, one more thing I wanted to bring up before we uh, wrap up today is some of the legal um, arguments that are kind of taking shape on either yeah. side of the issue. Yeah. Um, obviously, you've got proponents of the, of the new legislation. Um, you see the word antitrust. Um, mm-hmm. And so this is something that has actually been brought up numerous times um, with the NCAA in, in various lawsuits dating back to the Ed O'Bannon case. Uh, so varying degrees of success, uh, right, yeah. I think it's yeah. fair to say. Um, but it'll be really interesting to see how, um, you know, anti- the antitrust argument works in this, con- in this context, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, like you're just allowing these individuals to essentially compete with other, you know, the NCAA. Sure, yeah. Um, yep. And meanwhile, on the other side, and this is uh, something that also came up in my conversation with uh, Greg Clifton, is um, the constitutionality of uh, these laws. It's going to become, it's likely to come into question. Um, And that is because um, the NCAA, I think legal scholars on that side of the issue uh, who are opposed to the legislation are saying that um, it could be in violation of the Commerce Clause, which is the clause of the Constitution that gives Congress the sole authority to regulate interstate commerce. So- You know, you've got these these schools from one state crossing state lines to play schools in another state. You've got uh, broadcast agreements, internet, you know, right, ticket yeah. sales or apparel deals that are you know licensed apparel or whatever. And so, you, I think the legal argument is that um, somehow this legislation could run afoul of the commerce clause and therefore be unconstitutional. <laughs> Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, well, we'll be definitely covering all the ins and outs, uh, both in the magazine and uh, in our newsletter and our daily coverage of the industry. So um, all our listeners, just definitely keep an eye out for that. We're going to take a quick break and wrap up in just a second. AV Show is the only event that hosts athletics, fitness, and recreation manufacturers all on one show floor giving you access to a wide variety of exhibitors who have everything you need to effectively manage and equip your programs and facilities. Learn more and register at abshow.com. All right, and we're back in the studio. I wanted to let you know about a few things that are coming up uh, just for your radar. Yeah, uh, so the AB Show is coming up in November, Mm -hmm. early part of November. If you haven't registered, make sure you do that. ABshow.com, it's coming up in November. It's in Orlando. Great time of year to be down there. Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. Uh, The November-December issue that will feature uh, Jason's story uh, about this topic, that comes out first week in November, as well as I wanted to mention the aquatic design portfolio. Uh, If you have a aquatics project that you think is worthy of note um, do submit it to the portfolio and uh, that's a free to submit gets one page uh, feature in the in the in the January issue um, we'll have a link where you can do that in the in the show notes that's right 
And that's going to do it for this episode of the Athletic Business Podcast. Thanks, as always, for listening. And if you like the show, please leave us a rating or review wherever it is that you happen to be listening. We're still trying to grow this thing, and we really appreciate all the support that we've been getting from you guys so far. So thanks a lot. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. But until then, take it easy. Thank you.